Friends, it's me, Joe, and I'm with Aislinn Campbell. And we are at the dinner table. Welcome to Dinner Table Talks, the weekly podcast where we talk about hmm, food, family, fun. Whatever voodoo Aislinn wants to talk about. You brought me a drink. I did. Uh, Facebook's the place to be, right? Our Facebook page <laughs> is a lot of fun. Last week, you talked about that Bloody Mary with the stack of pickles and all that. You had taken a picture of it, so I posted that today. Yes. And one of our listeners said, ranch water's at my house all the time. We've actually it's talked about ranch water before. It's an emerging seltzer thing. Yeah. But I had to look it up. Right. So you knew exactly what it was. It's tequila. Mm-hmm. It's the <laughs> welcome to our bar show. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that are new turn- tuning in, because I do know that there are new people that tune in all the time. That's true. This is the most we've talked about cocktails in two seasons. But we do this thing. We like to do this thing where we have like, if we get something in our bonnet, yeah. then we like to talk about it for three or four weeks. It buzzes around in there for a while. Yeah, exactly. Tequila, Topo Chico, that brand, uh-huh. which we keep around the house. Yep. And lime juice. Yep. So add Grand Marnier and you have a sparkling margarita. But well, I did not add the Grand Marnier. That's just three ingredients right there. Yeah, this is a perfect drink for me to have around the house because it's got all the things I'm going to have in the house anyways. And right away I said, I like everything that has tequila in it. And then, of course, you did what you do. What's that? Where you sing some country song or something. Tequila mics of clothes fall off. You call it musical Tourette's. I, I just do. call it having a good time. You're right. If you say something that triggers in me the lyric or the title of a song, I will sing it. And I will usually get A-L-E-X-A to play it. <laughs> well, where I was going with that was that I had immediately said, <laughs> how come this song hasn't been canceled by the cancel culture? <laughs> and then I thought to myself, I wonder if I could do an experiment and see if I could actually start a cancel culture. Nah, come on. It would be kind of interesting. I'm not a fan of the whole thing. To incite riots? Come on. To punish. To incite fires? Yeah. Do we? <laughs> this is not on our little piece of paper. Do we want to talk about cancel culture? <laughs> no. I don't know if I'm prepared. <laughs> I don't like the let's raise our pitchforks and go after things. And then someone's going to reply back to me, but... Harvey Weinstein was doing some really gross stuff. It's like, you are absolutely correct. So, you, like, seriously, yeah. I didn't want to talk about this. Okay, good. <laughs> I was just kidding. That I'm, was a joke. I am going to continue watching Pulp Fiction and other films that he produced. Pulp Fiction makes me hurt in other ways. So, But why but I don't did have I the cancel culture glorify like, the movie Manhattan? And we can just leave it there. I don't know if you cancel all of Woody Allen's films or not. But Manhattan was gross when it came out, and I don't understand why people didn't see that then. <laughs> that actually brings me back to last week when, when I said that you are one of the first people that says the offense thing. thing. Just because Just because you're, you're offended. offended doesn't mean it's offensive. Mm-hmm. I made a comment the other day that said, ultimately, I think that some of these things like cancel culture and woke just took the original intention and like radicalized it so much that it's now a joke. And you you said it's a joke, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's, I think your initial intentions with stuff, you were just pretty much like, get over it, people, get over it, people, get over it, people. And generally you are like that. But I think that it's been easy to get into the radical thought processes of anything. No, that I you... think it goes back to our topic last week about internet outrage culture. 
mm-hmm. or outrage culture in general is that when you get some masses whipped up into an outrage, then they've got to direct that energy somewhere. The interesting thing that I think is that you don't, you currently don't have to be angry and screaming in order to be heard. It's very easy to be heard and seen right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that's a little bit frustrating about it because people will say, but yeah, but we need to know these things. And you're, and I'm like, yeah, we do need to know them. We can know them. It's very easy to know them. We can see them everywhere. We can see them all over the place. We recognize that there is a lot of broken shit. That is the truth. Now that we know that it exists, what are we going to do about it? Because screaming about it doesn't solve the problem. Correct. So anyways, that's just a whole nother rabbit hole that we don't have to go down. Unanswered questions. I was sitting at the computer on April 4th at about 10 p.m. You were on the couch and I was considering bringing you into the room to do this week's unanswered question. Mm-hmm. Last week's table topics question was who in the room is the I, most quirky? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you called me quirky. And I yeah. said, I'm not quirky. And you uh, said, your little Facebook bullshit that you always do that I'm very <laughs> resentful of. That's not true at all. <laughs> I, like <laughs> Your I friends care. from high school are going to say that you're quirky. I said, all right. You can get into the conversation with me and we can ask that question. I felt at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. on April 4th. That I wasn't interested in that. That could have been part of it, <laughs> but more than likely, I would get a more honest answer if it wasn't, hey, guys, Aislinn's here, and you got, you, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is a group of six high school friends that connected when I needed a yearbook photo of me in a mascot suit to make a dinner table talks graphic for Facebook and, and Instagram <laughs> we told about the story you and about... I being mascots That's together. Right. <laughs> and I created a Facebook group, uh-huh. chat group. With these six friends called Yearbook Emergency Squad, which was <laughs> which was shortened to yes. <laughs> hey, who has a picture? Who has the yearbook? I can't find my yearbook. Who has the yearbook? I need a photo sent to me. And success. you got it. Yeah. We chat every day and we make each other laugh. And that is our goal. So on April 4th at 10.01 p.m., I wrote, I have a serious question that I promise there's an, a reason why I'm asking, mm-hmm. which immediately got thumbs up. Because uh-huh. sometimes, not often, we get serious. Uh-huh. I'm having a problem with my child. Uh, a friend of ours has a disease. You know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. I know that the knee-jerk reaction will be funny answers. Uh-huh. And then male number one says, we will control ourselves. <laughs> and I wrote, and I know acknowledging that there will be a rash of funny answers will create more funny answers. <laughs> when describing me, would you use the word quirky? The two people active at the moment said no no huh and then the female number one this is acl girl do you know what i mean yes okay is that it uh-huh. i write that's it but there's a reason for the question which i will reveal once the answers all come in uh-huh. everyone will say no uh-huh acl girl i feel you fishing for compliments <laughs> so i'm gonna pay it forward quirky doesn't fit as much as dot 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 charismatic doctor not quirky And then I put the definition of quirky up. Characterized by peculiar or unexpected traits, her sense of humor was decidedly quirky. ACL girl, no one here is quirky because we are desensitized to each other's expressions of humor. We expect the unexpected. Psychiatrist, quirky is a no. And I drank mimosas with abandon all day yesterday and really wish I hadn't now. (laughs) 
She's going to appreciate that. <laughs> Huge company attorney. <laughs> FWIW. What's FWIW? If I know. I don't think that's right. I don't do all that stuff. Quirky to me suggests an innocent, joyful uniqueness, a sweetness, or naivete. Eccentric is similar, but less sweet and not necessarily joyful or innocent. You are neither, in my opinion. You are straight up funny and maybe a little weird, and I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> I still disagree with them. Well, and, and I, and I, I give sleep you this with you. Is that where I'm quirky? <laughs> De- characterized by peculiar, peculiar or unexpected traits. Yes. Unexpected traits. Absolutely. Hmm. That, you know what it is. This unanswered question remains unanswered you've got a whole audience of people that listen to you every week Mm -hmm. Uh, let's ask them they don't think i'm quirky you're quirky. you guys need to answer the question like for real we really need y'all's help on this one help us answer this unanswered question is joe quirky not is joe quirkier than aislinn because everyone knows that aislinn is quirky but is joe quirky my son was in town for easter that was awesome it is awesome I miss my kid a lot. I missed my kids on Easter Sunday a lot this year. That's how I was at Christmas. I'm going to have to redo this Christmas situation. Um, But we were, of course, going to go out to the farm where your mom did the bulk of the work and your dad Mm -hmm. to create an Easter lunch kid home from college extravaganza. Yeah. My dad smoked a brisket and some Wagyu beef short ribs. I want to talk about that in a second. Yeah. And then my mom made all the kind of Southern Dude. Easter things that go alongside a, a brisket, basically. I know your Deviled mom's going to listen to this at 5.01 a.m. on Monday morning, but here's my question. <laughs> no, she's not. She's not up that early. Does your... Was it the, <laughs> she's retired. Well, the she's podcast sleepy. drops at 5 o'clock. Yeah. And by the time I'm up at 7.30 looking at the whatever, we've got a ton of like listens. There is my not a single... My mom doesn't know single, this exists, by yeah, the way. Yeah, there's not a single person <laughs> that knows Aislinn Campbell really that doesn't know... That her biggest fans yes. are her parents. Oh, God. Solid. Oh, yeah. Like That's nice to have. They always show up. Yeah, there's no insult here at all. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but when we show, when we walk in and she's got like the tray of deviled eggs. Yeah. She's got her... Fermented crudité yeah. that could yeah. go up against any of Absolutely. those fancy restaurants she that we... She makes the best pickled beets I've ever eaten. She makes kimchi. What all was on that crudité? She uh, makes radish chow, salsa. Chow chow. Chow chow. That's an unanswered question for next week. What pickled is chow Pickled okra, I think. Yes. I mean... Beets. All kinds of stuff. Uh, some uh, bread and butter pickles. Yeah. That I ate half of the presented the, the, stash. But she said something that really made my ears kind of prick up. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of research recently about fermenting. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh my God, I haven't heard anything more exciting all week. This lady's got the eye of the tiger. <laughs> We're about to have some fermented next level. I can tell she's on the case. Yeah. That's exciting. That is exciting. I'm just excited as we make the year way around the year, as I learn to grow more, as she learns to like figure mm-hmm. out a way. Because today I harvested two cups of chamomile flowers. Is that a lot? For me, it's a lot. I've yeah. never grown that much. Uh-huh. That's a lot. And she's going to dehydrate them. And then I'll be able to use them. Like Savannah likes to make tea. And yeah. chamomile is yeah. one of the things she likes in her tea. Dried I can put it in my... Put in the teas. Yeah. And I can put it in my smoothies oh, like I always yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about this whole thing. You're it's expanding fun. your utility belt of healthy yes. eating. 
Yes. With these little projects. And your mom's fermenting is not a little project at no. all. She puts a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah. And the results are astounding. But she made the potato salad. Mm-hmm. You had a harvest of Brussels sprouts that she turned into a cheesy casserole that was delicious. And I she- grew Brussels sprouts. It was so exciting, y'all. Had you not seriously. grown Brussels sprouts before? No, I mean, we had, no, I'd never had that. I'd never gotten the timing right. And this year I was purposeful. I grew them by seed. I started those seeds in August and then put them in the ground in late September. And then I'm just now starting to harvest them in, in the April. the freeze in the middle of all of it. They were like the only thing that made it through the freeze outside yeah. of my chamomile flowers. A and hearty, just like, a hearty plant. Mm-hmm. You and I were on one of our food beer music journeys up in Austin and stumbled. It was the first time we went to ACL and we stumbled upon a food truck farm. And of course, the Austin food trucks are working so hard to dazzle you. Mm-hmm. And there was a place called Tapas Bravas, mm-hmm. and we got the Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. And we were courting at that early stage, these early trips. And I'm going to eat any. Yeah, yeah, I love. You've got it, baby. Brussels sprouts. Let's mm-hmm. get some. Let's get two orders. I mm-hmm. love them so much. Oh my god, I'm going to have to choke down some Brussels sprouts. I've never had Brussels sprouts better than. I those. bet they had an air fryer, or I've they never fried them. Had Brussels sprouts since that moment that were better than them, and I have tried to duplicate those Brussels sprouts. And I believe that Brussels sprouts are one of those vegetables that, as kids, when we don't eat our vegetables, and then as we become adults, we learn to like this vegetable or that vegetable, and it might be an influence like your influence on me. Well, uh, I don't uh, think it's an coworker. easy to grow thing in our area, and so we don't we didn't get introduced to it. That's part. Well, of my it. point is that Brussels sprouts are one of those foods that's required for them to be prepared properly for you to understand exactly why they're so awesome. Absolutely. Oh, I love Brussels sprouts. And that was exciting because you put them in like a Brussels sprout, like a casserole that was gluten-free. Yeah, it was kind of like a cream cream sauce. Like a cream sauce. Yeah. Yeah, it was delicious. It was very, that that was very, very good. And then that uh, green kind of jello-based. Green salad. Yeah, this casserole and the special green bowl. We heard that story. That's not a casserole. It's like a green jello salad. Why do I call it a casserole? I have no idea. I, I don't know why you call it a But here's casserole. the thing. Your mom made you, pinto you beans be in an instant tonight. pot. <laughs> there were no soak pinto beans. And she said it was easy. She didn't tell us that they were no soak until after we'd all eaten them. And those were great beans. They were no soak mm-hmm. in the instant pot. I'm going to mm-hmm. get that recipe. We're going to do it right here on the show. Good. Now, when I go to the farmer's market, especially when you're with me and you were, and someone says, I have a new thing, would you like to buy it? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. There was a Wagyu vendor, mm-hmm. and he said, I've got a thing. I'm selling it at a discount. trying to sell it, yeah. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. A three-rib stack. Uh-huh. It's a cross-section of rib meat, mm-hmm. about 12 inches by 12 inches by five and a half inches. Mm-hmm. And he said, here's how you do it. You're going to smoke it uh-huh. slow and low as you can, maybe even six, seven hours. That meat's going to shrink up. The ribs, the cross-section of three ribs are going to mm-hmm. loosen and then finally be able to be pulled out when they can do. When you can do that, you know that's it's ready. Mm-hmm. Your dad said he was going to smoke a brisket. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I got this piece of meat. It's been in my freezer for four or five months. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect opportunity. He said, bring it. Mm-hmm. Wagyu. It's a hard Y. You got to say Wagyu. I looked it up today. What is Wagyu? It is Japanese cattle. In America, they are crossbred a lot with some mm-hmm. American mm-hmm. cattle. Yeah. So to call it Wagyu, you know how these stupid rules are. To call it Wagyu and really mean it has to be 100% Japanese cattle. The fat, genetically, in addition to normal fat marbling, mm-hmm. fat is inside the meat, all of it. Mm-hmm. And it's expensive mm-hmm. because if it's properly cooked and you want to do it on the rare side, 
It's going to melt in your mouth. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. So now we got your dad's brisket and this Wagyu. It was kind of a perfect meal. Mm -hmm. The plate was just beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. But your dad's brisket was so good. Mm -hmm. The Wagyu was so different. Mm -hmm. Everyone got a little bit of all of it. Mm -hmm. We ate well. And then one of our local farmers... And I think he had so much success with it because of the freeze, that the freeze actually helped. Mm-hmm. He grew straw. He's grown strawberries. Yeah. He's harvesting strawberries in South Texas. Right. Holy crap. Yeah. We bought all of them. Yeah. And my mom made homemade On the spot. ice cream. It was so good. And I like cut strawberry the and cream. smushed the, the strawberries up. That and was then- your job. Oh my God, it was so good. Who doesn't like homemade ice cream? Well, my son certainly does because he was going to scoot out the door and then (laughs) Nana said, I'm making strawberry ice cream if you can hang out for 30 more minutes. And he plopped himself right down, had two bowls, picked up 100% of the leftovers to take with him and and to your son, his roommate. And uh, at the end of the night, I was, hey, we're headed out. Uh, Baby, I can put a little plate together. And your mom's like, oh, no, no, no. All of the leftovers went with your son. <laughs> and I was happy about all of it. Yeah. I thought that that was really sweet that like we tempered ourselves with the Easter thing. Because Easter is in America, or at least in South Texas, because that's the part of America I know the best. We have a sugar addiction on Easter. Like It's like the culmination of the beginning of the sugar addiction in America celebrations that start on October 31st and yeah. go... Once a month, sugar sometimes, seasons. yes, it's the sugar season. It's like, whoa, now we're going to eat America wants to celebrate something, be it and- a pagan holiday or a Christian holiday or a da-da-da. We've injected candy and, and sugar into it somehow. Okay. Oh, so, so we our, had ice cream. We had strawberry ice it cream. It was delicious. It was fantastic. So last week you talked about an event that you're planning out at the farm. Yep. That dude sold out in like a day or so. Yep. You called it a farm-to-table cooking experience. Yep. And we talk often about travels, mostly in the past. Thank you, Coven. No, you've got, you've, you and your mom traveled over to we went South Carolina. South Carolina, and you came back and had all kinds of great food stories. I travel. Those <laughs> kinds of things have always drawn us the 13-course meal of bites from the farm, you know, that we did in Austin that one time. Or when we visit the boys up at college and we have found that farm-to-table restaurant. Let's, we've talked about it on the show, Ronan. Yeah. We're going to go there every single time and the boys are going to beg us to take them with us. Yeah. I, for many years, long before Girl Local South Texas became a thing, had dreams of, first it was attending a farm-to-table event mm-hmm. because, I mean, they existed, but they were like a bajillion dollars and they were in and like California. Travel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that wasn't going to happen. And then one of the first things or one of the things I always said that I dreamed about with Grow Local is that we were going to put on farm to table events. We were going to bring this concept to the people of Corpus Christi that would like to participate in something mm-hmm. like that. And then as those concepts started to grow throughout Texas, more restaurants started popping up. Mm-hmm. And I remember traveling and being like, gosh, won't it be great when we have restaurants that serve farm to table in our city? Mm -hmm. And the first steps were small local restaurants that did specials. And they were on and off and there's never been any strong consistency, but it does exist here. And a lack of consistency discourages people from going or getting excited about it because to do it two, three weeks in a row and then quit, you know, that Mm -hmm. happening over and over and over again, it's like... 
Well, maybe there is some bad voodoo against this notion here. <laughs> I just think that it was a bigger change than the local industry could handle at the time. And now there's a lot more people here and a lot more money here. And we've had a lot of change. And so we might as well change. <laughs> I feel like that's what's happening where we live right now. Oh, I think that... economics matters. The mm -hmm. amount of people matters. But I also believe that, well, shit, if everything's going to freeze and we're going to all like have to stay at home, everything in our life might as well change. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. So Grow Locals Farm to Table events are massive sellout fundraisers mm -hmm. for that organization. And they got bigger and bigger every year. That was always exciting. Always, always. So, of course, I... And by bigger and bigger, I mean attendance. More people seeking it out. More sure. people... Oh, yeah, yeah. Here I am back at the farm now, building it up. Now we've got it. Now I'm doing a private one. Who out there wants to come out to another small private event? Farm to table. Boom. Sold. Done. I'm super excited. But also the idea that we're moving to the farm where you can dedicate the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I know you're out there a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once you're there full time, I expect like an explosion of creativity and activity. Well, there's just so it, many it, things it, that we want to do out there. It's such an interesting natural fit of you being able to really flex those muscles. It's such an opportunity out there with all of the things kind of coming back around from where we started. Where it all started for me with this idea and then... You know, my parents having an interest in it and kind of a shared interest for land and some animals for us to now, like you said, for us to now be moving out there, each one of these things that we do out there is a baby step towards who knows, really. I mean, we could do anything we want to do. It's just a matter of like, what do we want it to be? And I can tell you that this is one of the things that is extremely important to me. The gardening aspect itself is where I want to be, but I realize I have to be aware of what's the best use of my time. Okay. So when I go to each one, when I try out each one of these new concepts, these new ideas, like going to a pop-up market at a farm, mm -hmm. doing a teaching class where I sell products at the community garden down the street, mm -hmm. going over to a school and teaching kids how to do butterfly gardens, going over to a local person's backyard and teaching them how to turn their backyard into an edible landscape. There's just all of these things that are happening. And as we move towards the farm, then I actually have the venue more available to me. And with each one of these things, I'm figuring out where's my time best spent because I can only do so much. I only have so many hours in the day and I only have so many hands and so many feet, right? So each one of these things and each one of these... Three of each, it's weird. <laughs> exactly. So what is it that I do best, but also what is it that feeds me best? And what is it that each person in our life on the homestead enjoys best? Same thing. What do we all want to spend our time doing? Because my parents are both retired they want to travel. They don't want to work that hard, but they also like to do things. And so how do we marry all of this together right. to create the best opportunity for a family legacy with this investment that we're making, they're making, and we're making on a piece of land with someone that wants to make money on land? 
right? So that's basically where we are with this whole concept. And I do what I call an online farm stand. And I named my online farm stand Aceland's Overflow of Abundance. Mm -hmm. That was really the place where I think people began to truly understand what was happening. Okay, she's growing food, but she's also only selling us the excess. And then they're cooking food and making food. And they're talking about it on a podcast and her mom's making food. She's putting on classes, but oh, I should have her come teach me how to do something in my backyard. So that's kind of ramped up as well. And so as that's going on, it's just grown this audience of people that are like, okay, she's doing something. We watched her do Grow Local. That was a success. Now she's gone back to what her initial intentions were with her family. Yeah, we want to be at her first farm to table event. What is she doing? What is this thing she's doing? Well, as you figure out the valuable use of your time in this project, and what I believe you hope to do, a regular calendar of these. Absolutely. But but, but here's the thing. But I want this to be a part of the adventure of it. Do we love it? And does it make us money? Does it return the investment that we're putting of our time, our veg growing our vegetables? And Do so you the love Aislinn's holding this kind of event is what you're asking? Yes. Okay. Okay. So Aislinn's overflow of abundance is anything my family doesn't use, we will sell to you. Now I'm about to put on an event on my farm where I'm going to use some of my produce. So that's that alone is coming back, money coming back to the farm, right? Mm-hmm. So that means, okay, well, her overflow of abundance is going to go over here to this other thing, this event that she's doing over here. Now, at the end of the day, let's say I have three things. I have a farm-to-table cooking experience, and I know we're not there. I haven't even told you what a farm-to-table cooking experience is, but I think this is important. I have a farm-to-table cooking experience. I have an online farm stand, and I can do special events where I sell my product. And all of us eat our own produce. We also have friends we like to share things with. Okay. What's the best use of our abundance? Does selling it online quickly return it back to where we can, I can get back in the garden because that's what I like doing the most? Does putting on an event where we serve dinner and invite our friends for an event does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm waving my arms around like the audience can see me. No, I'm, creating thank for, you for the breeze. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a windmill. It's, it's, it's the this north, south, east, west, vision, vision in your mind, all of these different ways. But there's really more than that. That's way too nonlinear. It's that's way too linear, I mean. I have called this in the past your not fully formed thoughts. <laughs> right. A spider web of fantastic thoughts where, you know, we haven't congealed it all together it yet. makes editing so easy right <laughs> no forget editing i think it's a valuable conversation and sometimes i'll use this kind of little segue opportunity to bring you back to where i thought we wanted the conversation to go mm -hmm. well i just think it's really important the whole like <laughs> but you won't let me no no i think it's really important because this is the part where we say okay what does it look like to have a active homestead that pays for itself. Right. I think I'm hearing you say this. The farm-to-table experiences that we would travel on purpose to go have, we would always have conversations around them of, if we picked this up and dropped it in our area, uh -huh. A, where would it need to go? And B, could it succeed? Mm -hmm. 
And the kinds of things that you created an entire nonprofit to create were healthy food availability. And that looks like a grocery store, maybe. It looks like a delivery service, maybe. It looks like a restaurant, maybe. The places you get food, just a different type of food than what's currently available. The most nutrient-dense food you can get. Correct. That, that was the mission. Affordable a, 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 access a food, to nutrient-dense foods. A food that comes with a pedigree. <laughs> right. I mean, for real. Like, in other words... Yeah, we know where we know where it came from. Yeah, there's higher value in knowing the origin of anything. Handmade boots are much more expensive than factory-made boots you get at the big boot barn. Mm-hmm. And if you don't wear boots, yes, we're from Texas, but a pair of boots in your closet just makes sense. Someday you're going to need those. I have a few. Now that you've got this amazing opportunity to kind of, like a blank canvas that has already begun being filled in with places to grow food, your passion. Mm-hmm. For some reason, your dad built a place to have a party. I For mean, some reason? Like the best he, party in town. Because he likes to have a party, that's why. <laughs> and and he, he could see me making some money off of it as well, like figuring out how to make money for the farm. And while we can go to our favorite restaurant in town one time a week to know that we're getting a full farm-to-table meal, mm-hmm. you would like to see more of that where you live. So F it. Let's just do it right where we live. And I think that's always been a fantasy of yours. But now as you grow a business, you're trying to understand... Well, the other is, side of it is, is can you think of anyone else, anyone else in this town, mm-hmm. period, blank, stop, anyone else in our area that could do a farm to table event today the way I can? No, of course not. No. And that's not even, I don't think being braggadocious. No, I think it's because that, I know all the right people and I know how to do it right because I've studied it for the last decade of my life. I've studied farm to table dinners. No, certainly. I don't think that's in question. Right. It's more about now that I've got the ability, location labor force network to pull it off yeah exactly something is that, that the best use was, of my time uh, yes something that i've because been because we can pull doing. off a crawfish boil like that right and people want they're, they're asking yeah. the crawfish boil that y'all had when covid gets a little that's always it's always starts that way when covid relaxes good feels about moving to get moving around together when y'all gonna do one of those crawfish boils again and i think that the more folks that learn about the venue and what it is yeah. I, that's just going to increase. Have, we, have big, we have big dreams. We do have big dreams. I have dreams of having, you know, glampers and, but not a lot, just a few, so that we can have an Airbnb. But like the yeah. goal, yeah, we've got to stop in Airbnb, but more than that, it's an event venue. So yeah. that has a place where someone could sleep. A yeah. few people could sleep. It's real easy to throw, put a fire up in the fire ring. Mm-hmm. It's real easy to... Like yoga retreats. Right. I, I've said all of these things. And I don't know why I keep saying yoga retreats. I guess it's because I've been to those types of things where it's just basically you paid $500 for two nights and three days with a yoga person in someone's house where someone cooked the food for you. We could do that. That's yeah. easy. Yeah. But that's the thing is that and, what do and, I and love And as you said earlier, doing? there's a burgeoning market for all of these things. Right, right. Yeah. And especially I think right now with the COVID concept because... People like want to spread out, you know, yeah. we don't want to be all up in each other's business. You've got plenty and of room to do that. I think I'm going to be a hard sell for lots of reasons mm-hmm. on the crowds. E- even as things open up, I'm not a, I don't have an interest in that. I'm not going back. I don't want to go back to that lifestyle. So let me tell you about the event. All right. <laughs> You're killing me on editing, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go ahead. I'm this is what happens when I have to do it at the uh-huh. very end of an yeah. exhausting yeah. day. I'm not bringing you a ranch water to any of these ever again. <laughs> okay, so... So this Tequila makes a... <laughs> her run, her mouth. Farm to table cooking experiences. Yes. What can I expect? What can I expect at the farm to table cooking experience? <laughs> Let me ask the question in a better way. Your parents have been really helpful, I think, in helping you craft this event. And I don't know a lot of the details. So this is me really asking you, like, what is going to happen that day? Because I, I, I don't think I fully understand it. Gotcha. I've partnered with a chef and his wife to host this event with my parents. I call it a cooking experience because the chef is going to cook with you there. And I'm going to be there to discuss the vegetable, the ingredient. I'm going to talk about how I grew it, how long it took me to grow it, how I harvested it, what makes it taste better or worse, how you could grow it. If you wanted to purchase it from the grocery store, this would be the best time to purchase it because it's going to be the most flavorful, the most nutritious, give you all the details. Give some subliminal education about seasonality. Absolutely. That's right. And so currently we don't have protein on our farm, not for this particular event. We've talked about doing some things that we would have protein for in the future, but we're purchasing chicken and bacon. Where did I get that from? Did you settle on those two ingredients because of the discussion with the chef, I assume? Yeah, and some of the initial thoughts about what we would initially use with vegetables. But I can tell you one thing that's already been a bonus is that this chef is like super cool. Do you know what he's making with with those ingredients? I don't know yet because... Do you need to know as the producer of the event or are you going to be surprised? No, I will. I need to know. I need. He's going to let me know the Sunday before the event. And part of the deal is he could tell me now if I could solidly tell him... We're going to have this, 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 and this vegetable-wise. That's the thing that makes this stuff the most challenging. And the first one being, you know, just trying to figure it out and everything. But after we got off the phone with him yesterday, there was conversation of a pizza farm-to-table dinner. There was conversation. Oh, future concepts. Yes. Oh, fantastic. There was a conversation of doing wild hog and fish that we've caught and captured. I mean... I think there's so much opportunity for us to partner with. And nothing like this exists in our area. That's the other interesting part of it. I say nothing like this exists. If you live in our area and you want to argue with me. Tell us because we want to go. Exactly. We we keep our ear to the floor. Yes. Uh, There is definitely a, there is a pop-up chef. There are people doing things. Yes. There's a pop-up chef. nothing like this exists. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, for that matter, my goal is to hire and work with, all kinds of chefs. All kind, I mean, you know, I, I think we, I, someone messaged me the other day and said, would you guys ever be interested in doing a specific keto farm to table dinner? And there you are. You got, you're, you're getting messages about doing the crawfish boil. I'm getting messages about doing it keto style. Right. And I'm like, okay, there's all kinds of cool stuff that could be done. It's a BYOB yeah. event. My dad is a vintner because it's a private event and we're not selling alcohol. The farmer can give you a taste of the wine that he makes on the farm. Is that going to happen? That's going to happen. Oh, that's we're going to um, have four courses, which will include dessert and salad, appetizers assume, yeah. and uh, salad and... It's going to be a great little event. You get to event. play. See, this is what's We're going to check about. it out. This yeah. is what you don't want to say. You haven't figured out. And people you can get tour. to play. And that's what I think you're most jazzed about mm-hmm. is that you get to play at work. You get to play with your art, which oh, is the Oh, God, grown. yes. Oh, I mean, one of the things that I have like repeatedly said to the chef, 
Let's teach people how to do this stuff at home. Because at the end of the day, I want people to buy food from my local farmers. So if you walk away from a dinner and learn how to make something super easy for your family that tastes delicious while you invested in a fairly nice dinner, I mean, $55 a person, that's a nice, especially when you bring your own alcohol, you know, whatever. I think that it's a great opportunity to figure it out. And I'm super excited about it. And I'm looking for, I know my dad's excited about having people on the property and I'm probably going to spend every day, sun up to sundown on the farm the week before planting every plant I have available to plant, just making sure everything is as beautiful as it could possibly be and welcome people onto the farm for the first time. Show it off, show off what vegetables are coming out of my garden and just put on the show, man. We're ready to put on the show, you know? So as I'm over there trying to figure out what's going to go into the dishes that we're going to have for this amazing farm to table event and learning what things I think are going to be the most delicious. What can we harvest? I'm starting to notice I'm having a lot of broccoli and cauliflower. So it's, there's even a, a small chance that I will have some broccoli and cauliflower for the dinner. Oh, good. But I had some nice heads, nice size broccoli and cauliflower. They were actually plants that were in the ground during the freeze. A lot of people may not know this, but vegetables like the broccoli, the cauliflower, the kale, the cabbage, all that stuff taste better after a freeze. Oh, is that right? It's something about it holding its sugar in. The plant actually like... The shock and yes. the survival tools that it uh-huh. uses to stay alive after the fact uh-huh. somehow holds in sugars. And so it just, the, the vegetables just taste better. Oh, interesting. After a freeze. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you got to make me some something with broccoli and cauliflower. Yeah. We're doing, a, regular... we're doing a salad with every meal. Yes. And, okay, salad and broccoli, cauliflower, something. Let me just get, grab a steak out of the freezer. Most people would expect that we're going to say broccoli, cauliflower. Okay, we're making broccoli, cauliflower, macaroni, and cheese with chicken. We, that's one of our that's staples. Our, that's a staple. So, oh, yeah, You're we're making make me that. hungry for it just by mentioning its existence. <laughs> it's just so gosh darn good. Yeah. But I wanted something a little bit different. And you kept saying like stir fry, stir fry. And you, oh, that's like your, that's like your that's like. A, stop. <laughs> it's like your easy way out. What I stir said, fry. stop. What I said was I could do a stir fry. Back pocket the idea that I could do a stir fry. That's what I said. I just, Not let me lobby strongly for a stir I fry. I don't love stir fries. I know that you don't. They're just so easy and fun to do. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah. I looked up a recipe. What did you think? Go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for being in my life, darling. Uh, I love you. And I came across a recipe that had egg, broccoli, cauliflower. Use this one. Go for it. And let's just make it. Let's do like just it's just a side dish. So this you're sounds like, good. Steak. Let's try salad. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Okay, easy. What did you call me last week, Chef Extraordinaire? As the Chef Extraordinaire in the home. <laughs> I do accept recipes from the peons. So yeah, if you want to send me a recipe and you want me to use some of your broccoli and cauliflower, I'd be glad to. It's fine. I want to withhold your reaction to the dish that you sent. Let me just quickly tell you what it is. A couple cups of chopped broccoli and cauliflower, two eggs, half a cup of mayonnaise, half a cup of chopped onion, a cup of shredded cheddar cheese. It was grated. Grated. I hope I never get grated by Joe. A half a (laughs) cup of butter. Half a cup of butter. (laughs) And then, wait for it, 15 ounce package of seasoned croutons crushed. Now, this would be like a box of, you know, croutons. Clearly, you're not doing that. Let me back up a little bit. 
while my son was in town, I like to make a dish that he's going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I made sausage, pepper, onion. I've done this where I kind of make fajitas out of it. And I wanted to do something different. I looked up a recipe with those ingredients. Like, what is a proper sausage and peppers dish? Tomato-based. It turns into like a thick sauce, and then mm-hmm. you put it on a hoagie. It was good. I liked it. While I was at the natural grocery store, I found some gluten-free baguettes. Mm-hmm. I thought, she'll enjoy this. I'll put her hoagie on this. Mm-hmm. I took a bite of that hoagie. The bread was too tough to mm-hmm. enjoy as a hoagie. Here That's comes because it was my... a baguette, not he... a hoagie. Understood. They did not have hoagies. He loved the hoagies. He took all the he took all the <laughs> leftovers home with him. Okay, he did. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Go up there and get fat on my food. I love you. So without wanting to purchase croutons and having an entire half of a baguette left, I I cubed that bread. Uh huh. And used it instead. So you took a recipe I sent you and. Extraordinaire Joe it. Quirkily. I put the <laughs> broccoli and the cauliflower in separate saucepans and then boil those for three to four minutes. I don't know what, why you tell me, vegetable lady, why do they want me the broccoli and the cauliflower? It's ultimately going to be drained Only just and so mixed. that they can keep the colors or the, separate? Or the, the, the flavors? No. Okay. Drain each and mix those into your baking dish. Mm-hmm. Then you beat your eggs in a bowl until creamy. So I beat those things until they were creamy, mixed in the mayonnaise and the onion and half of the cheddar cheese and poured it over the vegetables, mm-hmm. poured over the rest of the cheese, mm-hmm. put my bread cubes mm-hmm. and the baguette's got that firmer crust. So it's kind of croutony, right? Mm-hmm. And then pour the butter over the whole thing mm-hmm. and put it in the oven. It's not quiche. It's not a frittata. It's, it's a not broccoli cauliflower casserole. But the egg... That's bound why was it together to into the casserole. casserole part. So <laughs> yeah, how was it? This is how good it was. It was so good that I told him that he could put it underneath a box with a stick on top of it, and he could catch me in the trap. In a trap, every bite I would take. Oh my god, this is yeah. so good. Okay, broccoli, cauliflower, so a couple of eggs, mayonnaise, onions, butter, and. Don't use those store. Don't use those store bought croutons. Never use store bought. Make croutons. croutons at your house, but I mean, in my case, I just had this loaf of bread. That okay, worked. that's not fair. I'm uh, I'm not a food snob. Yeah. If you use nah. grocery store, come to our time, side. Come to our side on this. Come to our side. Get yourself bread and make yourself croutons. It's not hard to do, and you could really take the cauliflower and the broccoli out and put in anything fresh. Now, maybe you don't boil it like you did the broccoli and the cauliflower. You have to prepare it in some other way. I have to try it out. This was things. just... It was just so good, y'all. It's such an easy, stupid recipe. It's it's a dumb recipe. It's so easy <laughs> to make. You understand what I'm saying? So this is a... Let's make something up right now. Dinner table talks must make. Well, no, that's no good. It made that me was think, off the top no, of my no, head. No, no. It made me think Dinner this is definitely going in the recipe book. must do. No, it sucked also. You're not doing a good job. It needs to go in the recipe book. Oh, the book. cookbook. Yes, okay. it needs to go in the cookbook. This goes in the cookbook. I had already thought about it because every time you shift the recipe to make it match how we do things, yeah. it's our recipe. No, that's not, that's fine. I know there's no argument there, but cookbook. dinner table talks cookbook entry is yes. not sexy at all. <laughs> make this at home. And now it's time for table topics. Hi, it's my turn to ask you. This is the time when I ask you a question and you have no idea what it's going to be because we pulled it out of a box of things called table topics. <laughs> Every once in a while, I gotta You're remind quirky. people what it is. What are your favorite kinds of books to read? I don't read. I listen to books on Audible. What are your favorite kinds of books to listen to on Audible? Very rarely do I choose fiction books. My fiction choices, if I choose them, are 
always some kind of like fairy tale with a new plot twist, you know, so Wicked, I read all of those books. There's this one author that does different stories from, I don't know, what do you call the different, the, the witches, all the different characters in Cinderella, all of that stuff. But they tell you the real story right. about the wicked stepsisters. The backstory of, yeah. And I also know you, you, like, you, like, his, you like historical fiction. And I know you like religious, like not fiction, but. Yeah, but I haven't read anything like that in mm. a long time. The Red Tent was the one that I really, really liked about that. But yeah, you're right. What do I listen to right now, though, mostly? It's one of two things. It is either metaphysical self-help, like energy type work, um, or like something like Brene Brown, those kinds of things. So self-help. Do you call Brene Brown metaphysical? No, but all of that stuff is starting to shift into a more central unit because there's a lot of shitty self-help out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of shitty metaphysical energy work out there. So it's finding the place where they come together. Those are the books that I really like. But then the other ones are all about regenerative agriculture, lean farming, soil health. <laughs> you read books about everything you talk about on this show. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly. That's what I do. I read Texas Monthly cover to cover every month. And that's about the most reading that I have been doing lately. Mm -hmm. My favorite author ever is Stephen King. Mm -hmm. I believe that he is much more literary than the average person might give him credit for. He doesn't just write horror books. He writes all kinds of interesting things. And I made a pact with myself that I would read, and that means oftentimes rereading everything he wrote in chronological order, and it would just be a life project until it got done. Mm -hmm. It has stalled out. It's hard to read in, this, in the world we live in right now. It's it hard is to read. the classic thing. That also usually holds its hands with exercise about if it was really important to you, you would make time for it. If it was really vital and essential, you would make time for it. And it's time for me to maybe shift some things around so that I make time for not only a little bit more exercise, but also a little bit more reading because I miss it. I miss it. I'm a reader. And when someone is a something and they're not doing that something, they are not whole. So I would like to begin reading. Not only that Stephen King fun thing. I'm stuck at um, Dark Tower book two. Mid-80s. I like more fiction than you do. Mm -hmm. And what I'll typically do when I'm on this project is alternate between his next work and usually a classic that I haven't read or what are they saying is a really good book right now. I have a shitload of books and I just don't read hard books anymore. I have a growing stack on my nightstand of people recommending me things or borrowing things or people force borrowing, you know, lending me something. The last book I read was Dorothy Must Die. And then you bought me the second one, and that For was a trip, like two I think. years ago. Yeah, yeah if I'm on an airplane, but even now, it's easier to like watch movies and listen to YouTube and listen to Audible. I mean, just each year, it just gets easier to carry our visual online mm -hmm. stuff with us. In our pocket. Yeah. Well, if you have a book that you would like for us to read or think that we might like, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on what? Facebook, Instagram, talk at dinnertabletalks.com. Yeah, we're easy to find. As a matter of fact, the ranch water idea came from a comment. Yeah, get on there. See you next week. Aceland's Overflow of Abundance. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. The only thing I do... I'm sorry. This is your daughter. Where are you going? Okay. There will be a bacon cheeseburger when you get home. No bacon. It's good bacon. You can just skip the bacon. Skip the bacon. Do you want cheese though? Yeah. All right. That kid's crazy. She don't like bacon. (laughs) 